his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Mark Reardon. You know, politicians want to force you to cover your face as a way for them to cover their own asses. Mark Reardon. Does the president not know what's going on? I don't care. If you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. I'm so tired this afternoon because I'm too old to stay up late at rock shows. So that's basically the bottom line. You know, I was looking around last night at Enterprise Center. Jane Duker was at the show last night, the Eagles as well. We're going to start kind of with that because I have an angle here this afternoon. But um, I honestly, I told Jane, I said, I think we're on the lower age of the, or the lower end of oh, the age really? spectrum, believe it or not. Well, the Eagles have been around for, you know, a long time. How was Vince Gill? Vince Gill was Thank amazing. You. Bow to the king. By the way, I mean, I expected him to be great vocally. Here's what I didn't know, is that Vince Gill has some play. chops on the lead guitar, yep. and he was trading some some riffs with Joe Walsh that were incredible. <laughs> yep. So, But here, here's why I want to start with this this afternoon, Sue, because remember when The Who came a few weeks ago, we had Steve Schenkel on, who was the person that was responsible for organizing the orchestra that The yes. Who had. And Local. At the, right. And at the time, he told us on the air, he said, yeah, my next mission is for The, the Eagles. Eagles. And that was the show last night. So- on stage, Don Henley, and I'm a huge Don Henley fan. You know, I think he comes off. He's got a different personality, but maybe it's because <laughs> I appreciate that because I have a similar personality. But, I'm, you know, I was a fan of more later 70s Eagles. I got into the early 70s stuff when I became older, but I like the Don Henley solo stuff, too. Uh, like, he did Boys sure. of Summer last night. Did but at he? one point, Good. he's introducing all of the people who are important to the band. I mean, not Joe and Timothy B. Schmidt, etc. But he said, the Steve Shankle Orchestra. Steve, he said the Steve Shankel Orchestra. That's how he introduced people last night, right? How are you this afternoon? I'm very good, Mark. Thanks for having me back. No one was more surprised than me when he said that. Um, I was a little embarrassed, um, but the fact that Don Henley has at some point in his life said my name it's kind of cool. I mean, it's really cool because when he said it, it instantly connected with me. I'm like, I think that's Steve. We're going to have him on hopefully tomorrow. And then I got to play this because they played all of uh, Hotel California to start the show. And this is actually one of my favorite, if not my favorite Eagles song. The Last Resort, which oh. is the last song oh. on Hotel California. But the orchestra came up, what, about two-thirds into the album? They sort of emerged from behind the stage. It was an um, elevated stage back there, right, Steve? Correct. There was like a lift back there, and 
the orchestra appeared, I guess, three different times during the evening. And when they would disappear, they actually left the stage and went back into a dressing room for a while and listened to the concert. And the Eagles had two wonderful staff people that took care of us. So they would line them up and walk them back out and they would get in their places and then they would magically appear again. Not that I expected anything different, but it was such a professional show. Now, they've been doing this, this, you know, Hotel California tour for a while, even I think before the pandemic. But I asked you some of these questions, Steve, a few weeks ago, but just to refresh our memories. So were these members of the St. Louis Symphony or not? At The Who, the symphony was performing that night, so there were no symphony members. Were these? Right. No, they are not. These are the local sort of freelance A-team people. Now, some of them have played with the St. Louis Symphony. One of our cellists was with the symphony for many, many years. But these folks are now just out there freelancing in the music business. And so they play shows at the Fox and the Muni and the Box Society and Opera Theater and um, all the sorts of things that the symphony is often too busy to play. So what was the preparation then like for this show, for those orchestra members? (laughs) Minimal. (laughs) This Um, is amazing (laughs) to me. It really is. We... uh, We actually were sent PDFs of the music, oh, a couple months ago, probably. Um, But there was no rehearsal. Um, They're expected to know it. So when you saw them rise up the first time last evening, that was the first time they ever laid eyes on the conductor. How about that? That's just that makes my brain hurt. It really does. Professional yeah. musicians, man. St. Louis they has They are them. big leaguers. Yeah. They're, they're wonderful players, and they came, of course, impeccably prepared. Um, and so they rose up and played the tune, and that's the first time they had seen that man conduct. But they know what they're doing. Man. Yeah, they, they sure do. Of all of them. Yeah, and it seemed like with the Who, the the Eagles have certain people that travel with them, connected to the orchestra and you know the band director, etc. So it's a it's a big team putting this show on. Well, what was your vantage point then, Steve? Where are you watching the show or listening? It was amazing, Mark. I was just on the as the audience faced the stage. I was to the right, just right next to the stage. Um, they give you a badge, and you can just walk all over the place. So it was, it was uh, kind of my brush with greatness there for a few minutes. That was a spectacular <laughs> show. It was really? a. I mean, I, I love that band, and I've seen them several times before. But I, I just, and that's probably maybe the last time. Although you say that, who knows? Okay. Maybe they'll be into their eighties. But it was, it was a magical show. They did all of uh, Hotel California, and then they took a little break. They came back with all the hits. Oh, and the other thing that happened last night, Sue, is, and this was unexpected because I googled this during the day. Did Vince uh, ask about me? Was that what he you did not ask oh. about you? But I was confused because I knew Vince was part of the band, um, Steve, and I, I knew that. You know, Glenn Fry's son was part of the band, but right. then I Googled that yesterday, and Deacon had left the band. Correct. He had decided to go out on his own and do some things. Well, so, then last night, you know, halfway into the show, Glenn Fry, or I'm sorry, uh, Don Henley says, hey, we have a special surprise for you tonight, Deacon Fry, and he came out and killed it on a couple of songs. Oh, that's so that was great. cool, too. But that was a nice surprise, he, wasn't it, Steve? In, indeed. He's as talented as Dad. Um, we didn't know he was going to be there either, so that was a very cool surprise for everybody involved. You know, I think the temptation is I'd never seen him, and I knew that he had some chops, but you always think, well, you know, how good he's a key. How Did good? he sing his yeah. father's parts? Yes. Is that what you're yes. oh, that's you know, fantastic. Vince Gill sang a bunch of those, too. Deacon only came out, I think, for two or three songs, but it was great. It really was a magical, magical show. So I'm so glad I attended. And, Steve, congratulations on another stellar orchestral performance. We're having T-shirts made that say the Steve Shankle <laughs> Orchestra for the I next concert. One. What's the next concert? Are you working on anything, or is it kind of a— yes. 
Yes, sir, we are. The, the next sort of big rock star thing we're doing is the Beach Boys are going to do a Christmas tour. Huh. They'll be at the Fox. Uh, it's the December, don't hold me to this, yeah. 14th or 15th okay. of December. And so we have a big orchestra backing up the Beach Boys. So that'll be big we, fun. That's well. incarnation of the Beach no, Brian Wilson's not in, in that, or is he? It's no, it's and and they put that clearly on the poster. Right. Mr. Wilson won't be there, but the remaining survivors and hangers on still yeah. go out as the Beach Boys. Um, so Mike Love, I right. think, is the well. Mike Love's awesome. Leader. Yeah, he I is. Mean, he, he's fantastic. If you've never seen Mike Love perform, really good. Well, this is so cool, and I, I really appreciate talking to you about this. It it really. You know, I think it's, it puts a little St. Louis flavor to it. They, the band was really respectful and, and gave the orchestra such great shout-outs last night. So thank you, Steve. Indeed. Nice job. Great job Way again. To go, thank Steve. you very much. All great right, take care. Both of you. Yeah, that's that's just awesome. And, uh, yeah, Jane, I mentioned Jane was at the show last night, and I think I said something to her about being on the lower, you know, end of the spectrum when it comes to age and she said yeah we were amongst the younger ones there it's so it's kind of <laughs> no no offense to the people in the crowd last night yeah. but it is rather depressing you look around and everybody is old for the most part and i'm thinking i'm old too i sort of fit right in but when they were showing you know they show the fans in sure. the crowd on the videos i'm like oh man is that what i look like <laughs> i was a fantastic looking crowd last night and um my thanks to my friend Tim McGowan and the McGowan family, Julie, their kids, they were there. They invited me last minute, and it was spectacular. I may or may not have been in the fifth row, so I can't really comment oh my on that. I didn't expect that, Sue, but I had. That's really nice. I just put the pictures up on the Instagram if you'd like to see oh, right. on I'll Instagram in stories at Mark Talk. Now, while I was enjoying myself last night, getting away from it all, Enjoying rock and roll music. Joe Walsh is so good. By the way, the other thing that is a St. Louis connection, and we need to have him on this station because I'm not completely convinced I've had Bob Heil on. Uh, do you know who Bob Heil is? Sue? Why do I know that name? So Bob Heil invented something. When Joe Walsh does Rocky Mountain Way, or when oh, Peter yeah. Frampton does the you know yes. the the thing where you put your mouth on the tube wah, and wah, yeah, wah. It says wah wah yeah, wah, yeah, wah, yeah. wah Well, that's called the Heil Talk Box. That's and right. Bob is. Um, He's well, from he's here, an audio, right? yeah, he's an audio engineer legend from St. Louis. He worked at KMOX as an engineer when he was like really young. He played the organ at the Fox, and and this is when he was super, super like a teenager. And then in the early 1970s, and I'm I'm going to do the best ability here with the um, with the story. The Grateful Dead came to the Fox, and somebody like their sound person got popped for drugs down in New Orleans. So they get to. The Fox, they don't have proper amplification. Amplification back then was very different. There was no amplification for big stadium shows or things like that. The Beatles had big speakers, and that was pretty much it. So Bob um, got a call from Jerry Garcia himself like when he do. was at the Fox and said, hey, do you used to, because somebody had told him that Bob sort of ran off with some of these speakers and was messing with them just to see what He's he could do. He's a techno guy. Yeah. And uh, Jerry calls and says, hey, you still have those speakers? Bob rolls down there. Puts the speakers up. The show goes on. He ends up going on the road with the dad for two years. Oh, my and gosh. Peter Frampton had a girlfriend named Penny, and Penny was looking for a birthday present for Peter around about 1972, 1973. And Penny felt that Peter had a lot of guitars. He didn't really need a guitar, and she was sort of familiar with this thing and asked Bob to um, to send one, and he didn't. When Peter Frampton was here last time, Bob presented him with, like, the, the original receipt of that particular now, you know, how sale. cool is that? Yeah, it's very cool. But I, I was, I actually texted Bob Heil yesterday. I don't know if he was at the show. He's not the best texter. He's kind of like my kids. He doesn't respond very well. But Joe Walsh did get to do Rocky Mountain Way. He did Life's Been Good, the James Gang song. Wow. So there was um, Henley did Boys of Summer. I'm trying to good. think what else they might have done. 
Great, great show. Oh, but I was going to say, Sue, as I'm enjoying this, getting away from it all, this is one of the things I love about music and entertainment. We had all kinds of people there probably who voted for different candidates in the midterm elections a week yes, ago, I'm right? Yes, sure that's we true. We all get together. We forget about those things. I think Mr. Henley even pointed that out. It's our job to take you away from that, right? Nice. So no mention of politics. Wow. But my phone was blowing up. You want to guess why? Oh, I Trump. looked at it at one point. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it at one point, and there's all kinds of messages. None of them were very... Um, Positive. Former Senator Lamping is going to join us in a couple of minutes to talk about the um, the announcement last night. I guess that's the big story today. And we'll uh, we got to San. Let's see here. I haven't heard this. Fred said that he put this in here a minute ago. So let's check it out here. And I think that that he's making a good point here. I saw Chris Sununu, who's um, the governor of New Hampshire, say this, and the media loves this. We love this. I, I said to a couple of people last night, look, no matter what happens. He's giving me unbelievable material. The material is going to come daily, probably at a certain point. I don't know now. But you also have to recognize that Iowa is still, what, 14 months away from the first votes being cast? So DeSantis's message is maybe we should, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. here. We just finished this election. okay? people just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. It was, a, it, was a, it was a substandard performance given the dynamics that are at play. So hopefully we'll be able to be able to do that. But I think what people like me who've been given the opportunity to continue is, OK, uh, let's do something with that. And the reason why we want historic victory is at the end of the day, we led, we delivered, and we had your back when you needed us. That, that is why we won big. So he, he's not going to, and I think there's going to be discipline there, he's not going to get drawn into any Trump talk right now. He's just going to put his head down and do his job. The former vice president, the guy who was in the White House with Donald Trump, said this this morning on CBS. He's hawking a book, Mike Pence. We'd like new leadership, and I, I'm confident. Uh, Republican primary voters will give us just that in uh, whoever the man or woman is that is our standard bearer. <laughs> Didn't sound like an endorsement to me. America's comeback starts right yes! now. For millions of Americans, the past two years under Joe Biden have been a time of pain, hardship, anxiety, and despair. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. You know, I, I did think that the speech was rather um, low energy, to use a Trump phrase. It wasn't, you know, the one thing that I think people did love about Trump and still do is when he can manage a crowd, he can really manage a crowd. And I think I've always made the case that he is a lot funnier than maybe some, certainly some people on the left give him credit for, because a lot of times he's clearly joking and then it gets misinterpreted by the media. But it to me didn't seem like the best, uh, even the best speech. It was rather rehearsed and scripted. And didn't seem to fit what Trump usually does. But listen, we're going to talk about this. Former Senator Lamping, we got a whole show this afternoon. we got our first soccer game tonight at the stadium. Sue George Gray is in the building, or he will be in about 20 minutes to do The Price is Wrong in the next hour. And an audio cut of the day. Much more to come here on a Wednesday edition of The Mark Reardon Show. Hang in there. 
his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm going to blame the Eagles show for my sloppy board work this afternoon. I'm already making all kinds of mistakes. I was trying to do this here just a minute ago. Check this out. Years ago, we were a great nation, and soon we will be a great nation again. The United States has been embarrassed, humiliated, and weakened for all to see. You can't stay quiet any longer. You're angry about what's happening to our country. We will join together and reverse this staggering American decline, and it is staggering indeed. All right, so we knew he was going to get in. He did get in. Reaction this afternoon, former Senator John Lamping, who spent some great quality time with me on election night, as he often does and has throughout the years, is with us this afternoon. He was very early in in 2016 calling Trump as uh, a likely winner and then the eventual winner. John, what did you think last night? That First of all, the energy, he calls Jeb Bush low energy. He didn't sound like high-energy Trump last night, just as one observation. Well, the way I'm, I'm describing it is, is uh, such, so begins the third act of Donald Trump's presidential life. So you know, the, you know, the country loves, uh, they love a three-act play, and last night was the opening night. And um, it's interesting to me that not only did Jeb Bush call them low energy, so did Claire McCaskill. So people had their talking points are out there. You know, others would suggest, and I'm one of them, it was it was a more of a presidential Trump. If you actually read what he's had to say, and he said he didn't mention 2020, he didn't mention Russian collusion, he didn't mention any of the things that he gets... He gets um, no, I, I, I agree with at. you there. Yeah. It did come and, off and like was, more like that type of speech, for sure. But it was more... Yeah, I, I mean, guess my point is that it was it was more scripted, and we've seen him do that before, where he's more scripted. It's just not as interesting to me, that's all. No, it's funny, and, and you know, the media... Uh, and I think his opponents really want him to go off script. And, uh, and, and it was just interesting how they all chimed in. They need, they need him to be kind of crazy Donald Trump. And last night he was, he was, you know, dare I say presidential Donald Trump. It was, it was forward looking. It was, it was assessment of the lay of the land. I think he described what, what has transpired under Biden uh, pretty, uh, pretty well. And then his idea that, his time in office, these things didn't happen, and then you know America will be made made great again. So, um, you know, I, I, it really is the opening act. I, it's interesting though when you think about it. I feel like in some respects, you know, he kind of laid out the chessboard and he pushed the pawn forward, 
and and I do agree. It doesn't make sense to me that he's coming this early. Uh, and it'll be curious years from now to look back and see what were his thoughts. You know, why did he decide to go now? But, uh, you know, it's interesting that the, the establishment Republican Party came out and all the surrogates, Chris Christie, all those guys came out and criticized him for doing what he's doing now. And we all wonder, what is he going to do, you know, uh, in the next month or two or three? And But the other, the other question I have, though, is he, he's put his pawn forward. And now what does the establishment do? Does the establishment put out four or five pieces up on that stage? And, but, John, okay, can, like I, yeah. we, we had this argument on the roundtable. I got I to gotta push back on this establishment stuff. Yep. Is Marjorie Taylor Greene in the establishment? No, of course not. But well, she not wants Kevin not. McCarthy to be speaker. She made the case two days ago uh-huh. that she wants Kevin McCarthy to be speaker. So th- this whole thing about the establishment and them being the boogeyman, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's the way to handle this right now. I really don't. Because well, you can put everyone in the establishment. And, and let, let's ask this question from the establishment perspective. What is the—so if, if he's not the establishment, if Trump's not the establishment, what is he? He's a populist. Okay. He's a pure populist. That's so what he is. Where is I mean, what are the populists in, in the United States Senate, Congress, or in the White House going to get you that the establishment is not going to get you, given the numbers are not likely to be in the populist favor? So what, what would be achieved there? No, most, most certainly it remains to be seen whether a pure populist can win national office. It's, it's the people that are speaking out against Trump are the establishment on the right and the establishment on the left. Look, I'll be of my opinion, there's not a whole lot of difference between the Bushes and the Clintons. They're pretty much the same thing. And I would throw in, you know, most of Romney and the Obamas. They're all very right, much that's the same not, thing. That's not the argument. That's the 2016 argument. And I think it was valid right now. But you're, it seems like people are just labeling everyone in the establishment. There are a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, who supported Trump emphatically for two different presidential elections who have peeled back. And they've peeled back because they're exhausted. They've seen the behavior. They know that there are other people out there ready to step up and still take on the mantra. And that's where my brain is moving forward. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are going to still support Trump. And Annie did a poll here leading up to this show, and there was 84% that said that if he was the nominee, they'll support him. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think that those numbers would be right where I would expect them to be. But that's not the question right now. The question is, is he or should he be the nominee? Because it's hard for me to believe that the guy who lost by 3 million popular vote and then he lost by 7 million is going to somehow rally to get enough votes to become the next president. Now, having said that, I was wrong about him in 2016. But where does the math work there, especially with John Fetterman winning in Pennsylvania? Well, look, here's my point, though, Mark, is to say is that he's pushed forward his piece. He's in the game now. And so, uh, you know, of all the other candidates that are out there, I've said publicly, I I like DeSantis. I like what he's had to say. DeSantis takes a very populist approach to governing. You know, there's a lot of Trumpian, you know, the whole Trumpian MAGA thing. It's populism. That's what it is. The working men and women of this country look at the government that's been put forward the last 20 or 30 years, and it does not work for them. And they are attracted to, I mean, I think Chappelle, what he said on that Saturday Night Live was the best description of what populism is. It, 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 he, the, remember, Trump came out of the House and said, whatever you think's going on in there, it's going on in there. And it's not. It's not no, I, I played that audio you know? the other night. And I think Chappelle, he nailed it there. And there's no doubt that's different than the tone I heard last night. 
No, well, that last night was just a start. It's a start of a campaign. It was like, here's here's my vision. Here's what I want to do. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. And it was just one speech. And you know, we're years away. We're two years away or more. Uh, and but what I what I was going to say before was, is that okay? Now you're you're the Republican Party without you know the, the non-populism part or your whoever else is out there. Do you put forward three or four or five candidates? Because I've heard over and over again, oh my gosh, Trump can get thirty percent of the vote. Uh, and if he, if it's the stage is crowded with people, then he'll win the primary. Well, okay, Republican Party, why don't you figure out that you know the governor's all down in Florida at the RGA meetings this week? Well, if I'm them and I really think Trump's that dangerous to the party, well then I figure out. I pick one guy, and I said on election night, and I said on Friday, I said I think DeSantis should have cleared the field. I mean, there's if I'm the, if I'm looking out for the best interest of the Republican Party, Trump's not going away. I would push forward DeSantis, and I wouldn't have all these other people up on that stage. I would tell Youngkin not to run, and I would I would put pressure on all these other people. And if and if you put DeSantis and Trump in a primary, I'll support the winner. And and as as we sit here today, I think DeSantis would beat him. Right. But well, but that could change. Party, yeah. If the Republican Party puts in five or six or seven or eight or ten people up on that stage, there's a very good chance that that Trump will win uh, the, the yeah, nomination. I don't, disagree. So, I don't disagree with that. You you heard what Senator Hawley said this week about the establishment as well. And when it comes to Mitch McConnell, I'd love to see, by the way, I'd be fine with new leadership in the House or the Senate. McConnell, not my favorite guy either. But what's the path to have someone who is going to be a leader in the United States Senate who has the votes to become the leader, who has the leadership skills to bring coalitions together and get legislation across the board? Where's that going to happen? It's not going to happen. And that <laughs> level of frustration that the people feel, the people know, oh my gosh, really? We're going to have this guy in charge. This guy's in charge of the House. This guy's in charge of the Senate. Both parties. This is why populism is at the fevered pitch that it is around this country. It's because the government that's been pushed in front of us as the same universe of people that have been pushed in front of us for 20 years. And the ordinary person looks at the situation and knows, I'm not getting, I'm not better off. I'm not, but those people in Washington sure as heck are. They go in millionaires, they come out multi, multi, multi millionaires. And, and, you know, it's interesting because like Josh is out there. Josh has a sense of populism. He has his finger on that pulse. And what you hear Josh say is a lot of things that it could just easily be Trump saying the same thing. And, and, but you're exactly right, Mark. So Marjorie Taylor Greene in the House, she knows there's no way the populist can overthrow the, the, um, the establishment and the leadership votes. Yeah, you have to be realistic. Well, we've been realistic for 20 years, Mark, and we're $32 trillion in debt. Seven percent inflation and no, no, and it's the middle class that has bared the complete brunt of this. And until the middle class is made better off, and I'll, I'll remind you that during Trump's years, the middle class was—they were the primary beneficiary of the Trump years. They did phenomenally well for the first time. Their real wages rose cons- consistently throughout his time in office. He delivered to them. And it's those are the middle class are the people who are suffering. By the way, he he did that with all these people in the establishment who voted for the things that got to his desk. It wasn't like establishment Republicans were breaking off saying we don't support your policies. They supported him, too. Didn't they? Well, what he what what Trump what Trump did is Trump tried to stop his principally his what he did for the middle class. Uh, was he tried to stop the tide of of labor coming through the border, like the, you know low wage labor? He looked to pursue fair trade deals 
not free trade deals, quote unquote, free trade de- deals are what has just uh, gotten rid of our entire industrial state. These are things that Repu- established Republicans aren't running on these things now. They want they don't want fair trade. They want open trade. You know, they want free trade. And, and the middle class understands what all that stuff means. And, he, you know, if, who was it that I mean, Trump put forward? You know, we made us energy independent in our time in his time in office. So, look, there's been 20 years of people promising to deliver. He delivered. And and I, I don't think you debate that. I think everyone says, look, he. No, I don't. I don't debate that. I cannot debate right. that because he did deliver on things that I didn't even expect him to deliver on. But I think, um, you know, I think a couple of people have said this this week, this, this country and a lot of people and, and I, I've felt it. I really have. Uh, they're ready to move forward, not to look back. And the third act um, sometimes is a dud. That's what I'd say. I've well, seen enough the, shows. The third act had, it had mixed reviews for sure, uh, but it was a forward-looking speech. You read the speech. It was forward-looking speech. It didn't, it didn't mention 2021 time. Yeah, I don't think I can do it. I can't. It, uh, it's too exhausting for me. But I'll, maybe I'll take a look I at it. I know where you months. are. All right, we'll see you. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Hey, what, what's the temperature out there? It's like 36 degrees. That is perfect weather for a soccer game at That's the new stadium. And um, there is going to be a game tonight. I know a lot of people are excited about it. I have some dinner plans. Can't make it. But my uh, dear friend Simon Rose from Columbia, Missouri, we worked in radio together. Uh, we put up with one another. I should say that because we uh, we battled on a lot of issues. But you're going to call the game tonight on Camo X. Yeah. You're a big, big football guy. And this is exciting for you, and it's exciting for St. Louis, Simon. We're so glad that this team is finally ready to play next year. You get the developmental team tonight. You explained some of this to me last week. How fired up are you? I'm fired up. I'm excited. I mean, as people can tell, Mark, I am not 
a native of St. Louis. Doesn't but... it sounds a little bit like a Southern Missouri accent? Is that is that what it yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, down in the boot heel, Mark. You've obviously not been down there for a while. But the exciting part of this is when I first came to the U.S. back in '85, uh, I got to Columbia, and um, that's where I was at school. And would you re- refresh my memory? Your dad wasn't he a professor? Yeah, he was in the early yeah. '80s. Right. And I joined the high school team at Hickman High School then, and it was the first year they had a, Hickman, a soccer team there. And a lot of the kids have been exposed to soccer through a show that used to air here called uh, Football Made in Germany with the legendary Toby Charles. And uh, actually, I noticed that ESPN are re-airing those now. Oh, if are you've they? got ESPN Plus, yeah. and it's kind of a time capsule thing. But then I came back to go to school in in '85, and I thought, you know what? I, you know, I was the most average player myself. Uh, I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be all right here. I'm going to be pretty decent, you know, with these American guys. Well, you know, I get out there with like the Missouri club team and and some of the teams that we had in Columbia, and most of the guy, most of the team, Mark, were way better than I was. And I was like, what is going on here? Well, these guys are all from St. Louis. They play with Scott mm, Gallagher and yes. Bush Soccer Club, right? And I learned slowly but surely that St. Louis is the hotbed of the beautiful game here in the U.S. And then as the years went by and the MLS formed in the mid-90s after the 94 World Cup, somehow St. Louis got left behind. And I could never figure it out. Kansas City overtook St. Louis as a soccer town. They're a great soccer town. Yeah, they've had a lot of success. They have. And so I was always like, when is St. Louis going to get this things going? And finally... It's happening, and uh, it, it's so exciting. Beautiful stadium. I can't wait to get in there tonight. I'm just, I'm almost, I'm almost emotional yeah, about well, it for be. people yeah, yeah, yeah. of St. Louis. I think there's a lot of people who are emotional. I think you, you really did sum up, you know, those people who are in the soccer community, and the late Kim Tucci comes to mind because Kim would talk a lot about soccer. He had a lot of history with what happened with SLU winning the, uh, oh, the championship. And look he at them this year, game. yeah. Right, but it, yeah. it is kind of confusing as far as how we kind of got left behind, but now it's pushing forward. So explain what we're going to see tonight. This is a German team that's in town? It's, yeah, the team is Bayer Leverkusen. They are an excellent team. They've struggled up. They struggled a bit early this season, in fact, fired their coach, and then a legendary player, legendary Spanish player, Xabi Alonso, is now their coach. Uh, He's won two European championships. He won a World Cup with Spain. Uh, He played in England. He played in Spain. um, And now he is here coaching Bayer Leverkusen. He finished his career in Germany, and he's got them turned around a little bit. He struggled early, but they've won the last three games going into well, a World Cup break, and then the Germans have always had a winter break. So what we're seeing tonight, Mark, is that really it's a pretty strong team. They've lost a number of players to the World Cup. They have one of their prominent players who's injured. But when you look at their roster tonight, this is a good team. They have got some strong players out here. Callum Hudson-Odoi, who I last saw play for England at Wembley, he's in the squad. I think we'll see him tonight. Uh, A kid called Moussa Diaby who was uh, part of the French international team, somehow didn't make it into their final squad. He is great to watch. Fans are going to love watching him tonight. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, the St. Louis team will be largely the developmental team, uh, the next pro team who did so well uh, last year. And it'll be really an interesting mix to see how they stack up to really what's going to be a strong Bayer Leverkusen team, I think, tonight. So... Do we have a better, because we were talking on Friday just a little bit, there, was the draft last Friday, did that take place? It did or- take place, and that was that was the draft um, to 
that they have only when there's an expansion team, right? right. right? And ne- the next thing that happens is the super draft. That's where college teams come in. So really, St. Louis have sort of the spine of the team that you'll see take the field in the MLS proper, if that's what the way you want to take it. But tonight you're going to get the MLS Next Pro team, a number of those guys will end up going into the main team, I think. And you'll see them in the spring when they take the field awesome. or, or late winter. So it's it's so exciting. It's so exciting for, for this city. Uh, you know, I just can't say enough. And the stadium just looks top to me. Simon will be on KMOX. They'll be broadcast. Who are you doing the game with, by the way? Broadcast. Nate Gatter, my friend. Nate Gatter is doing play-by-play. And I'm just going to sit and wonder at the stadium. That is awesome. I want you, though, be, be, and we, the can, crowd. we can talk more about this, and uh, I know people are excited, but do a little handicapping of the World Cup right now, because <laughs> that that's Mark. you know going to start, and <laughs> I don't know anything about how good the Americans might be this year, so... Well, I have... Uh, you might get me on a rant here about this World Cup. It should have never gone to Qatar. No, it should, it should not have. It should not. You're, you're because right it, about... We, well, don't, we, we disagreed on a lot of things over the years, but that is one that we would agree on. It's disgraceful. But, it you know, what can you do at this point? And now, it's in November, which is just weird. Uh, you know, Bayer Leverkusen will be the same. You know, the Germans do take a winter break over Christmas. In England, Christmas soccer is a tradition, but the Germans take a break. But... I think most of their fans and players will be like, this is weird going to Qatar in November to play a World Cup. Um, so the U.S., Mark, are in a, a pretty tough group. They're in with England. England play the U.S. on Black Friday, next Friday. Ooh. Uh, also in that group, Iran, uh, which is going to be tough as well. And so handicap the group. I think the U.S. will get out of the group. My surprise team... Is not going to be Wales. It might be Iran. I think Iran are an underrated team. They're very good going forward. And with all the unrest in the country at the moment, there's a lot of prognostication out there. Will this galvanize their team or will it distract their team? If it galvanizes them, they've got a good coach, Carlos Kerosh. Um, Iran could be a real surprise. How did that happen? That's interesting. How did what happen? How did they get so good on the world oh, stage? Oh, they've always been pretty good, yeah. And the U.S. have played them before in the World Cup, and it didn't go so well. And I think England play them in their opening game on Monday. I'm pretty but I mean, nervous like, about that. But I mean, like, if you're a goalie for Iran and then, you you know, too many goals, do they behead you, or what, what happens? <laughs> wow. I, you know, what's the punishment for that, Simon? It's a legitimate question, let's be honest. No, no, they don't. Or what was the Saddam Hussein's son who ran the team in Iraq used to, apparently, if the players failed, he would... When they came back, he'd beat, he'd lay them down and beat the bottom of their feet with a cane, which <laughs> sounds extremely Charming. painful. None of that, I don't think, Mark. A lot of these players are based in other countries, including one of the Bayer Leverkusen players who's gone is Iranian and is in the Iran squad. So, um, I don't think it'll be quite that severe yeah. because okay. that would just add to unrest in the streets, if you like. But I think Iran. You know, you should look out for them. They might be the surprise package. Wales, you know what you're getting. U.S., you know what you're getting. They're the youngest team in the tournament. They do have a couple of old pros to balance that out. Um, they're very good in midfield. I don't know where the goals are coming from, but we'll, we'll see what happens. When would the What's the timetable? And, uh, of course, I always have to plead ignorance on the football, but the timetable for the World Cup when the championship game would be played when? That is, I think it's December the 13th, Mark. I never looked so, that far a, forward in a World Cup because England are usually out but it's way a tight, earlier than that. it's a three-week period. Yeah, it's very three, tight. four weeks. Yeah, and it starts so quickly. I mean, the last games in Germany and in England were this last weekend. Next weekend, kick off the World Boom, Cup. World Cup, it, It's right. mad. Yeah. Absolutely mad. Well, John Hamm will be telling you all about it. That's what I know. 
Uh, John Hamm playing that. Santa Claus, right. promoting Fox. Yeah, I saw that. Right. He's you'll you'll yeah. find this surprising, but there's two people I think that are overexposed right now, and I'm fans of both of them. Right. John Hamm would be one. You and think the other he's one, overexposed? Yeah, he's like doing everything. Yes, he's Santa. <laughs> he's this. He's that. Hey, you got to work. No, you hey, got to work. Look, I will. I said this to Sue too. I don't blame him. I take the checks too. Right. And the other person, <laughs> you want to guess who else I think is overexposed? You might you might be surprised on this one. Who's my Who's my guy? Who's your guy? Who's on every television show right now and I love? Springsteen. He's like, it's a little too much. Did you get tickets? Bruce, yes, I do. I have Kansas City okay, and good. Barcelona. Have but... you and Sue talked about the meltdown with Ticketmaster today or we, last not, night? Yeah. We oh. talked about yesterday with Jeez. Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, even, I think it was, I hate to agree with AOC. Um, Simon, <laughs> you probably agree with AOC, but here. Flag listen, the tape. I know, but listen, I can't, I don't know that I can argue with her. She said this yesterday daily reminder that Ticketmaster is a monopoly it's merger with Live Nation should never have been approved mm -hmm. they need to rein it in because mm -hmm. Live Nation does own Ticketmaster but this Correct. thing was a disaster yesterday it was. and the same thing did happen with the Springsteen tickets a couple yeah, months did. ago as well yeah so I don't know what the solution is. They're trying to bust the scalpers, right? The, the, part of that is because they know that the secondary market is, is usually flush with tickets. The yep. scalpers can come in, they get face value, yep. and then they resell them and they make the profit. So Ticketmaster is yep. like, look, we don't want to do that. We want to have make sure that we make the profit on the resale. Yeah, I mean, credit to them for that. But, I mean, surely they could have been better prepared. They knew what was coming their way, right? But, hey. They've got to get some smarter people on that. But Absolutely. in the meantime, Mark, I think there's one or two tickets kicking around for tonight still for the game. Well, it's going to be a great crowd. What yep. time does the broadcast start? Uh, we uh, There's a pregame show at 6. Kickoff, I think, is at one of those weird American times, 7.08. <laughs> yes. You know? 7.08. I believe that's what time the actual weird kickoff is. American uh, times. How is your lovely wife, Jenner? As she you is call her. lovely. <laughs> And still putting up with me, Mark. Jenna was a news reporter for me. I hired her. That's how that love match came together. It's true. Look you know, Sue, I always get credit is. for Mark everything. was a matchmaker. I was. Uh, I, I had Cupid Zero. Simon Rose, great to see you in you person. You too, now. my All friend. Right, nice to meet you, Sue. Nice to meet you. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.